0: All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is February 9th, 2023 and week 210. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it's a question and it asks, who is Jesus? Uh, Just about the whole world, if not the whole world, has heard of the name Jesus, heard about him and some of the things that he's done. But do we really know? who he is. So we'll be taking a deep dive into the Bible and see what it says on this question. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks, and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, man. Let's go to a word of
1: prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you for blessing us, Lord. Thank you for how you washed over us, Lord. Thank you for how you kept us, Lord. Thank you for how uh, you you continue to bless us with things that we don't deserve, Lord. Help us to elevate our minds. Help us to elevate to a new level. Uh, Help us to think uh, more like you, Lord, no matter what situation we're confronted with on a day in and day out basis, Lord. Help us to just uh, always have a godly mind. Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life, continue to remind us that there is a reason to have joy, no matter what happens. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings. We're praying for the Bible study tonight that your Word will go forth. But we're praying for um, all of the people around the world, Lord, that we would just be saved, Lord, because we understand that that's the most important thing, Lord, so no matter what we accomplish in this life, Lord, help us to be saved, Lord. So, we're praying all these things in your blessed name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we, for all of those who have not, or or who were not, or was not with us uh, this past Monday, we actually just started a new series Um, because uh, I think it is important for us to kind of stick to a topic for you know, maybe the course of a couple weeks, few weeks, whatever. Um, So they want to start a new topic uh, tonight. And it's, as Marilyn told you guys, who is Jesus? We're going to just study Jesus. Some of the things that he did, Uh, no way we'll be able to study everything that he did, but we're going to look at some things as it pertains to him. uh, Because, it is vital. It is crucial. It is uh, monumental. It, it, it is so very important for our salvation state, uh, salvation's sake, for us to know who Jesus is. And so, we've heard, never told you guys. We've heard a lot of things about him. We've heard some true things. We've heard a lot of false things also. So we're going to just look at who he is the things he stood for, the things that he taught, because that's the goal. Now, to be honest with you, this is the goal of life. You know, when, when, uh, when people ask, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, I'm sure many of us, if not all of us, were asked that question at one point or another. You know, none of us, at least most of us, never say, you know, I want to be like Christ. You know, I want to know more about him. I want to learn more of him. You know, we're not teaching these type of things in our society, in our world. And so we're going to just learn more about him in this series over the course of however many weeks that we end up going. And it won't end here, but I just want to set aside this time to focus primarily on Um, just some of the things that Jesus did. And so uh, if you guys were not able to be with us Monday night, I do want to encourage you to go back and look at it. Um, uh, Melvin always makes it possible for you to access uh, the Zoom recordings, um, and he makes it obviously possible for you to access this um, via Facebook, via YouTube, as well as um, all of our podcast platforms. So, Uh, Whenever you find yourselves having time, you can always go back and listen to these messages. Even if you heard it before, I can guarantee you uh, that you will pick up something else when you go about it the second go round. So let us get into this thing tonight. We're coming from the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. And we'll start at verse 7. Well, Melvin,
0: look 2 and 7. All right. Um, I also posted the link to Monday's Zoom study in the comments on the Join the Midst of the Storm Facebook page, as well as our YouTube page. So check that out after this video, definitely.
1: Thank you. See, I'm telling you guys, Melvin, he'll spoil you now. <laughs> <laughs> he'll spoil you. He'll make it so easy for for all of us to access these things. So Uh, We thank God for that. So Luke 2 7, let's see what it says.
0: And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
1: And she brought forth her firstborn son. We know who it is. We're talking about Mary. She brought forth her firstborn son. You know, (laughs) Lord help us. The reason the scripture used the word first, the the reason we indicate someone came, uh, if you take a race and uh, we say who came in first place, when you use that word first, that already lets you know that there was someone who came second, that there was someone who came after I better start there because somebody out there will teach you that Mary had no other children. But as we learn about Jesus now, all these things as pertaining to his life and those that he directly affected, and even indirectly affected, they matter. So knowing these crucial pieces of of evidence, if you will, is important. So Mary brought forth her firstborn, talking about Jesus, now her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I heard heard one of my pastors preach this message a long time ago, and I know Melvin, uh, and he's very familiar with this as well. He talked about how there was no room for Jesus in the end. Jesus, I want to go back for us to understand who Jesus is. I want to go back to his birth because it was incredible the way he even came into the world. I won't dive into all of those things that I discuss one day. So that's the reason I'm telling you, go back and check it out. And it was so much I still didn't get to even then. But I wanted to first start with his birth so that we can just see how spectacular Jesus was, is, and is to come. Just so we can see how spectacular he is. Starting with his birth soul. In order for us to understand this, we're going to have to go back up to verse one. But before we do that, there was no room for him in the end. Now, in end, that's what, uh, uh, for those of us who like to travel, some of us might've stayed in the holiday end, I-E-N-E, the holiday end. And I'm sure there's some other ends that I don't know of, but I know holiday in is one it's just a place to stay it's, it's similar to a hotel or a motel or uh any of those type of places it's similar it's a place for someone to stay in you might might uh, might not have might be traveling to a different state or a different country or whatever place to stay that's what the end was so they found themselves in a position where they needed to spend the night somewhere and so they approached the inn and the inn is supposed to take uh visitors the the inn is supposed to receive guests but they were sadly turned down by whoever they talk to, when they're told that there's no room here. You know, this, this study that we're going to embark on, this series, Who is Jesus? You know, you can know who he is if you make room for him in your life. You can know exactly who he is. You can know so very much about him. I told you guys uh, not long ago, So I was talking to someone, and they told me about how we just can't know certain things about God. Look, God wants you to know so much about him. He wants you to understand so much about, and you could know if you would make room for him. The person went on to make all kinds of excuses, talk about how they have so much going on. You know what they were telling me? There's no room for him here. He's not welcome here. This is what Jesus in the womb of Mary was confronted with, something that many of us, all of us, would be doing time and time again in our lives, making no room for Jesus in our lives. Saying we're too busy. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? uh, Look, I I have no idea how many times I've been in a Bible study, in a church service, uh, whatever, in my life. I'm not keeping count, and I won't keep count, because it won't be enough. But you know, So many times we'll sit in a a study, in a Bible study, I I remember uh, so well being in Bible studies Wednesday nights, and uh, (laughs) we all know that we're typically there for about an hour. But by the end of the Bible study, when the pastor asks, is there any more questions, (laughs) And somebody asks a question, you hear all kinds of sighs and all kinds of grunts and all kinds of uh, huffing and puffing, all kinds of sounds of disappointment and anger. and. and (laughs) (sighs) As soon as the pastor, he he talked about how he was about to wrap this thing up. And then all of a sudden he said, look, turn to book chapter two. (laughs) (sighs) everybody, not everybody, but people would start looking back at the time. You know, what, what's happening is people are saying, look, I don't have any more room in my life for this. There's no more time for this. Even though we've only been here for an hour and five minutes, we start to feel this too much. We have no room for him. This is the sad condition that our world is in this very hour. We have no room for Jesus. We have no room for Jesus. Even though he created us. Just to bring himself into our lives. He's the reason we were created. We were created for his purpose. But we have no room for him. But you know. We're going to move up to chapter or to verse one. But. I want to enlighten everyone tonight, for those who do not know. Create some room for Christ in your life, more room than you've ever had. All of us, we, we say, well, I'm in Bible study once a week, or I'm there twice a week. Look, create more room for him. We can never be. I'm not saying you have to be in 15 Bible studies, but I'm saying every day, invite him into your life. Invite him into your thoughts. Invite him into the way that you think. Stop and wonder. Uh, I, I remember uh, I heard somebody say, uh, what was it, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yeah, you know, we should be thinking that all the time. What would Christ do in this situation? Let his mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We got to make room for him, though. And you know what, Marilyn? it's a sad world that we're living in because people are not making room for him today. But there's going to come a time where we will have wished we made room for him. There's so much going on in our world right now. I was looking today, uh, just trying to just, just gauge some things going on in the world. And you know, Jesus, I might get into a little bit of that tonight. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'll probably get into a little bit of that tonight. Jesus taught us so much to look for. And here we have people saying we don't, we we just won't know this. We won't know. But you can know so much if you know what to look for. Jesus told us about many different things that would take place in our world. We can look right now. The last count I seen was about 20,000 people. I think that was the last one that I seen. Um, Actually, no, I'll take that back. I think it was 17,000, but I think it went up. I don't know if anyone out there has checked the count recently, but a massive earthquake over in Turkey, right around this area that we're reading about, right around Jerusalem. Earthquake killed. Over 17,000 people. I believe it went up to about 20,000. I'm not mistaken. Killed so many people. But you know what? Jesus told us to look out for that. We're going to get in some of the things that he talked about, but so much is transpiring, and yet people still are not making room for Jesus in their life. We're still making excuses and saying, well, I'll do it next year. Making no room for him this year. And you know what happens next year? There still won't be any room for him in our lives. This is a sad thing going on in the world. Uh, even making news here over the last few weeks or so, couple of weeks or so, this whole Chinese spy balloon making news in our world. But we don't understand just, just how much is going on with these situations. Things that Jesus told us would take place. Right now, China wants to go and take over Taiwan. The same thing Russia's doing to Ukraine. They want to go and do it to Taiwan. Jesus told us, he said, there will be wars, the rumor of wars. Right now, Russia and China have created their own currency. If you do any research, see, we want some money. And money is good. We need some money. God knows we all need it. But we need resources. We need assets. We're wanting to stack up money, but we need resources. See, even the value of the U.S. dollar, even our economy, you see layoffs going all around the world, things slowing down in our economy. Even our dollar, the value is decreased. Russia and China have come together, created a currency. See, Jesus tries to warn us about a lot of these things taking place in our world. I won't get into all of that because there's a lot of politics in there. But I'm trying to look somebody and wake somebody up to let you know you need to create some room for Jesus in your life tonight. Because if you wait, if you continue to wait, somebody's going to miss it. Somebody's going to miss out because we do not understand just what's about to happen in the world that we live in. Let's pick it up in verse one. uh, Yeah, chapter two and verse one here, man.
0: And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that Mm -hmm. all the world should be taxed.
1: (laughs) See, there's nothing new under the sun, the same things. Happening today, happened back then. We're dealing with Jesus now, but I want to go back and show you his birth. And we'll get into some of those things I was just mentioning a little bit later on, if God permits. But now, Mary is pregnant with Jesus. And a decree goes out. It's time for a census. It's time for us to get this collected. And in order to do that, well, they need to get a count on you. And the reason we sent out a census because we want to find out where are you? What what, what you're doing. <laughs> so we can collect some tax money from you. There was a decree that the whole world should be taxed. Read for us, man.
0: And this taxing was first made when, when Serenius was governor of Syria.
1: Glory be to God. Syria is the place that was just hit with this earthquake. This world is smaller than we realize. These things are happening to us every day. And because someone is not paying attention, because someone is not watching for what we need to watch out for, because somebody has not made room in their life for Christ, we have no idea what's going on. We have no earthly idea what's happening. Read
0: for his middle. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David.
1: Now, Joseph, the husband of Mary, the espoused husband of Mary, husband of Mary, they both left Nazareth where they resided to go down to Bethlehem in order to partake in this taxing, in this census situation going on. So they had to travel. That's the reason they ended up in the inn, in the I-N-N, and I will call it the hotel to make it plain. This is the reason that they travel because of this tax situation. So they travel now to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm.
0: To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great mm-hmm. with
1: child. But now she's about to have her child. Look, a lot of stuff has taken place between Joseph and Mary. We talked about a lot of that stuff. Monday, we still didn't hit a lot of things. But now she's great with child. Look, it's it's time for her to have this child. She's great with child. That's what it's talking about. It's time for her to have a child. Read for us, Mel, if you will.
0: And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Mm-hmm. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
1: See, they desired to go to one place, into the inn, into the hotel, into the guest room, into the into this place where she could have her child. But because there was no room there, they turned to the manger, they turned to the animal stalls. See, No one wants to have their child this way. We hear stories of people having their child on the way to the hospital, in the taxi, in the car. People don't desire to have their child that way. But sometimes when the situation goes, the baby just has to come. Jesus now, he's coming. And because they had nowhere else, they couldn't go inside. They had to settle for the manger where the animals eat, where the animals feed. This is how Jesus was born now. See, in order to know who Jesus is, we have to understand where he came from. You know, this is the Son of God. God chose Jesus to be born this way. You know, we got to be, when we come in now, <laughs> we're born in royalty down there. Don't we? When we come in this thing, look, we we got hats that have our name. We we got king on the hat. If there's a boy, he got king on his hat. If there's a girl, she got queen on hers, (laughs) name written on his clothes, the the bed. All of these things are already set. The room's already set for the baby. I mean, all these things are set for Jesus now. God designed it this way. But oh, Jesus, now He's born in a in a manger, and if I, I know, if you smelled horses before, if you've been out and smelled donkeys and and camels and all these out, I can guarantee you it didn't smell good. But see, when our babies, <laughs> when we were born, look, they had the air freshener going there; they like they had it all smelling good. They had the candles lit. They had all these nice things, these luxurious things. But Jesus, now, see, if you really want to know who Jesus is, this is how he was born. This is how he was born. And God designed it this way. Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, this is how he was born. Look. <laughs> They didn't care who Mary was. They didn't care who Joseph was. They didn't say, well, we'll let you come in anyways. Made no difference. They had to settle for the manger. So she made sure to wrap him up good. I don't know what time of the year it was. People argue about winter or summer. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. But we see how he was born. So what is important now? This was a start. And even before this, if we understand Mary and Joseph, these were not well-esteemed people. These were not upper echelon people. These were not wealthy people, rich people. This is how Jesus was born. He was born in poverty. This is how Jesus was born. He comes from the Sloan. You know, it tells us that they were from the city of Nazareth. We find even one of Jesus' disciples, when we found out, you know, I want to go and read that really quickly. Because for us to know who Jesus is, we got to understand where he came from. We have to understand where he came from. Pick up, man, in the book of uh, John, chapter 1, verse 45. John one forty six three forty six
0: four. And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth?
1: This is where Jesus was born. To let you understand the stigma behind where he came from. To let you understand, the question is that, can anything good come from that place? Look, this place is the worst of the worst. These people are poor. They're living in poverty. You know, these are the type of people that folks don't care anything about today. People who are from poor places, we say, oh man, there ain't nothing in that place. Oh, that place is a dump. It's a waste. You know what? The one who you talk about, that you love and adore, this is how he was born. This is where Jesus came from. Say, can any, can there anything good? Let me let me make sure I'm reading that, quoting that exactly the way he, he said it. Watch the verse here. He said, "Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth?" He said, man, nothing good comes out of that place. Nothing good. You know how many, (laughs) you know, people have this thought toward different races, different uh, environments, different uh, cities, different towns. We feel there's nothing good about this certain place or this certain group of people. You know, that's how they felt, even about Jesus. So to understand him, to know who he is, we've got to understand how he was born. He was rejected, even as a baby. They said, look, we don't have any room for him here. We understand you're pregnant. That's okay. You can't come here, though. And here we are about 2,000 years later, and we still have no room for Jesus in our lives. We still will not make room. So the man here asked, is there anything good coming from Nazareth? But this is how Jesus was born. In this type of condition, this is how he was born. So I want you to understand better than we ever have before, just where Christ came from. Now, I went through the miraculous birth Monday. I won't go through that today. But I want you to understand how this thing first started with him entering into the world. And the way people looked at him. See, there, there's certain jobs. There's certain, um, today we're all about our careers. There's, there's certain careers and, and, and jobs that we look up to. But you know, Jesus, his family, people weren't looking up to them. They weren't looking up to them. In fact, they were looking down on them. I want to go get pick up Matthew chapter thirteen, verse fifty five. Uh, I'm supposed to be dealing with the birth, but I, I want you to understand what he was born into. Matthew thirteen and fifty five. All right, if
0: I can find it. Is not this the carpenter's son?
1: Talking about his father Joseph, they said, isn't he just the carpenter's son? This is what Jesus was born into. This is how people felt about him. So there's nothing new under the sun when people do the same thing to us today. You know, first thing people ask you, what do you do for a living? And you know what? Based off what you tell them they'll begin to look down on you. If you say, look, I, I work in McDonald's, they'll instantly see. They'll instantly begin to look down upon you. Instantly. And I want you to know, this is what Jesus faced. Lord said, this is what he faced. Born in a manger. Some people ask, look, where were you born at? <laughs> Suppose Jesus tell him, look, I was born where the horses and the donkeys, where, where the donkeys, uh, where they eat at, where the camels eat. He wasn't born. He, look, <laughs> I know today, look, we, we've got access to all sorts of things. Look, Jesus didn't have a baby shower. He didn't have all these nice things that we now have. He didn't have it. He didn't have these nice things. He didn't have the gender reveal. (laughs) He didn't have all these things that today if we don't have, look, we'll be upset with someone. We'll be ready to fight. We'll be saying, look, people didn't even show up to my event. But you know what? (laughs) Lord, heaven, the Lord, that Savior, God, and He got manifest in the flesh. He didn't have that. The scripture tells us he made of himself no reputation. But you know what? That's what we want today. We want a reputation. But this is how Jesus was born of no reputation. Well, we might pick that up. But read, read that again for us, Melvin, in verse 55.
0: Is not this the carpenter's son? Mm-hmm. Is not his mother called Mary? Mm-hmm. And his brother, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas.
1: Those those are those other siblings that I mentioned to you earlier. We, we're not getting into that tonight. But they said, look, isn't he just a carpenter's son? Doesn't he have brothers and sisters that we know about? Is his mother Mary? Th- these are very important people. He doesn't come from a, a, a high class family. Man, he was born in a stable. He didn't get a baby shower. He didn't have nice clothes. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes. He's from Nazareth. He's from the ghetto. Can there be anything good come from that place? But They're talking about Jesus. The one who we love. Who we claim we love. And here we are. 2,000 years later, talking about people in the same condition that Jesus was in. Not knowing that Jesus came from the same condition. It can be good that it comes from these places. Regardless of how poor someone is, regardless of where someone was born, regardless of how nice of clothing they had, how nice of shoes, how, how much education they had, regardless of all that, God can still turn someone's life around. This is how Jesus was born now. I want you to know this, but I want you to get a sense of how other people looked at you. So don't be surprised if someone looks down upon you. Don't be surprised. But beyond that, don't allow that to stop you from being the person God called you to be. See, Jesus was great because he did not allow any of what people said about him. To stop him. He didn't allow the lack of, oh, he didn't go to the private school. He didn't go to the best school. Uh, he went to, <laughs> he didn't allow those things to stop him. He didn't allow, oh, my father, he's just a carpenter. He didn't allow that to stop him. He didn't allow that. But he made of himself no reputation, the Bible says. He was a humble person. He was me. This is who Jesus was. And it started even before he was born. He was born into this situation. You know, I was talking with someone and they were telling me about how they've seen videos of homeless people. Obviously, it's not all of them. But they were watching some videos of homeless people. And they began to acknowledge just how humble some of those people were. People who had nothing. People who don't even have a home, don't have anything from begging for food. When someone would even approach them to offer them money, they offer them, you know, $100. They say, oh, wow, you know, that you, you're giving me all of that. You're giving me so much money. Why are you doing A lot of times the situation that you're in will cause you to humble yourself. Now, I'm not telling you Jesus needed humbling, but I'm telling you, look at the situation that he came from. He was humble. He was humble. But these are the circumstances that he was born in. So they asked so many questions about They questioned him because of where he came from, because of how he was born, because of the city he resided in. So they doubted him. Same thing happens today. People will doubt you because they want to know where would you get your education at. <laughs> they want to know where would you go to school. They, they say, Who, who's your family? Tell me, tell me, tell me some things that your family has accomplished. They want to know these things. So they can stereotype you. But you know, that's the same thing they did to Jesus. So if you want to know who Jesus is, you got to understand where he came from. And you have to understand how he did not allow any of those factors. He did this for our our sakes. But God had him born in these conditions for us. So that you can know, you too can overcome. Regardless of race, skin color, ethnicity, regardless of education level, regardless of what job you work. But people today, they measure you. They measure how successful you are based on how much money that you make a year. <laughs> Lord help us. I can assure you they did the same thing to Jesus. You know how I know we just read They say, isn't he the carpenter's son? And a carpenter ain't, man, he's just a carpenter. He's not making that much money. He's not doing that much. He's not that smart. He's not a rocket scientist. <laughs> we say that all the time. <laughs> they begin to measure people by these standards and not knowing we've fallen for a trap. Jesus now, the one who we're celebrating every year, every time Christmas rolls around, we even people who are not even true Christians celebrate Jesus the influence that he has. It was far beyond where he came from, coming from the ghetto, being born in a stable. It was far beyond all those things. Not having education like other people. It was far beyond that. So I want to look at because we dealt with, I just want to go back and show you how he was born, the situation he was born into. But I want to show you. Uh, I'm I'm going to jump ahead now intentionally, because I want someone to make room for him tonight in your life. So I am going to jump ahead now. We 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 hit the birth. We're going to jump ahead to some things that he told us. And the reason why is because the time is short. If you really wake up, if you really observe the things going on in this world, you would know the time is short because Jesus himself told us. I want to jump ahead in time now to the book of Mark, chapter 13. Now, Jesus, he's no longer an infant in Mark 13. Jesus is fully grown now. He's above the age of 30, fully grown. He's about 33 at this point. Matthew 13, excuse me, Mark 13. And I want to pick up verse four because I want you to make room for Jesus in your life. Mark 13. And at verse four, because Jesus showed us now He showed us some things to look out for. And they're happening right now, all around us. But you've got to know what he taught. So Mark 13, I keep saying Matthew, Mark 13, and verse 4.
0: Tell us, when shall these things be?
1: Now they're asking Jesus. They said, tell us some things. Even though somebody out there told her, you can't know this, you can't know that. They said, tell us. Jesus did not decline. He's fully of age now. Remember that. He's of age now. He's not an infant talking. (laughs) He's above the age of 30, about 33 years old now. They said, tell us, what's going to be the sign of the end of the world? What's going to be the sign to let us know you're about to come back? I want you to make room for Christ in your life before it's too late. Time is winding up. All you have to do is look around at the signs Jesus told us. Pick it up for us in the next verse, next part here.
0: And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled?
1: He gives us clues. He gives us clues. If you have an ear to hear, if you have eyes to see, if you know what to look for, you'll be okay. He told us to watch and pray we got to be looking. We're looking at all the wrong stuff. Look, I, I, I know <laughs> I know the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. Look, here, all eyes are going to be on that. Instead of looking for these signs that Jesus told us about, I, I believe it was just some type of award show. I think it was maybe, I don't know if it was the Grammy or the Oscar. I don't know which one. But I know, I know for a fact it was eyes on it. We're looking at all these things going on in the world, and yet we're not making room for Jesus. We're not making room to look for that. We say, well, I'll do that later. It's not that important. Well, I'm already saved. We say all these things and don't recognize we have not made room for Jesus in our lives. So they said, tell us. Give us the signs. Pick up for us, man.
0: And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many.
1: Huh? Many people. Now we see where Jesus came from. I skipped ahead because I want you to know tonight some things to look out for. And these things are taking place every day. When I began to think about this, I, I really didn't intend to come up here, but I had to. Because somebody needs to make room for him. When Jesus showed up in in Mary's womb, they said, we have no room here. And still 2,000 years later, we're still not making room for him in our lives. Still. He said, these are the things that you should look out for. You better make room for this. He said, there are going to be many people coming, (sighs) saying, I am Christ. You know what? So many people today saying they're Christians. He said, don't let anyone deceive you. Look, we know that we're not fooled. If I told you right now, look, hey, everybody, I'm Jesus Christ. You already know. You wouldn't be tricked by that. But if I tell you I'm a Christian and you see how I'm living and it does not match these scriptures to you, People are willing to be persuaded by that. You know, even um, Kanye West, I remember when he started claiming Christianity and I remember I I had people ask me, do you think Kanye is a real Christian? See, people are looking when someone declares that they are Christ-like. When they declare that they are a Christian, people are watching and we're willing to follow after what they do. Because they're famous. Because they have power. They're a celebrity. But Jesus now, he was not a celebrity. But he became famous. He became popular. Not because of where he came from, but because of the things that he did, because of the healing, because of his teachings. But he came from the slums. We saw how he was born. Nope, people weren't showing up for Jesus. The only people who showed up were the people who God told about this thing. That were that was the people who showed up. We won't get into that. But so they said, what are the signs now? He said, there's gonna be some false Christ. He told us that I can't remember if it's in this chapter or not. But he said there's gonna be false Christ. People claim to be Christians and they're really not. Wake up today, make room for him in your life because there are people doing this all all around us, saying they're Christians and they're really not. Read for us now.
0: And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled.
1: Huh? Can we not be troubled. Because there's wars going on right now. We understand the Ukrainian-Russian war is going on right now. I was looking at it today. China wants to go and take over Taiwan, which is an ally of the U.S. They're already upset with the U.S. for getting involved so much with the Russian war. See, we're looking at potential wars here, even more wars. They're already upset with the United States for uh, putting tanks over, giving tanks to Ukraine. Now, all of a sudden, we find a Chinese spy balloon. Hovering over military locations. See, these are wars, and rumors of war, right before your very eyes. See, everything that Jesus taught us is true. But if you don't make room for him in your life, you will never see it. We'll be too focused on politics, too focused on governmental things going on, too focused on sports. focus on our girlfriends and boyfriends and all this stuff that's keeping our attention and yet making no room for Jesus in our lives. us, me.
0: For such things must needs be but the end shall not be yet. Mm -hmm. For nation shall rise against nation.
1: There's going to be nation against nation. Kingdom Against kingdom. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. Every day. But if you want to know what a lot of politics is about. It's about nation against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Starting wars. These are the things taking place. Before your very very out. This is what Jesus told us. This man from. The ghetto. The man who was born in the stable. Look, the man who people said, look, can any, anything good come from where this man was born? But he's just a carpenter. He's a carpenter's son. He's not educated. He doesn't have any power or influence. He's a nobody. This is what he taught us, though. He said nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Make room for him in your life before it's too late. It's Look, tonight somebody's time is one thing somebody's time is up tonight. Somebody's time is no more. Regardless of how young we are, regardless of somebody told you, well, wow, you have your whole life ahead of you. They did not foresee that tonight is your last night. Even the man that uh, was just killed in Memphis, he was a young man. But somebody came and took his life. We don't even know. I I heard a story of someone telling me about how they were driving down the road and somebody came. It it was a a four-lane road, so it was a divided highway. Somebody came the opposite direction headed straight towards them. You wanting to commit suicide and they were going to take them out with them See you don't know what things are lying ahead every day you wake up whether you leave out of your house or not people think they're safe inside their home but people now they'll come to your home and kill you. They don't have to wait till they see you out somewhere. Make room for Jesus in your life. If you want to know who he is, that's what we're on tonight. We're on what he taught, where he came from. We need to make room for him before it's too late. Read for us now.
0: And kingdom against kingdom. Mm -hmm. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places.
1: Are we not seeing this right now? I believe it's up to about 20,000 people, probably more, because I haven't looked at it um, in hours. Earthquakes. Killing thousands of people. You know, I don't know how many people died from COVID. I I don't. But uh, this number, that this earthquake kill is already up to about 20,000 people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. We're continuing to see so many disasters happening in the world, Happening in the world. And somebody is using these things. He's using these things for someone to make room for Jesus in their life. See, someone is not going to wake up until they see, until they see these wars happen. they not going to wake up until they see a family member dies. They're not going to wake up until they lose control of their body now all of a sudden they're sick and they can't figure out why somebody's is not going to wake up until God shakes something around them he's going to have to shake them up you know uh, when we sometimes we'll be so deep in the sleep that somebody will come and they'll say hey wake up and it's not enough they say look get up it's time to get up he's like, uh, they go right back until you start shaking them and you gotta shake them real good before they finally come to themselves, see, hey, God is going to have to shake us up. And it's going to take these things for somebody out there because they're neglecting to make room for Jesus in their life. So he said, earthquakes in different places. Uh-huh.
0: And there shall be famines and troubles. Mm-hmm. These are the beginnings of sorrows.
1: My God. He said, this is only the beginning of a terrible time. Look, I I, I don't care who comes up with a a catchy catchy slogan. We can say we're going to make the whole world great again. (laughs) Jesus said, look, this is going to be the beginning of sorrows. There there will be nothing great about this. This is going to be a miserable time. This is what we're headed for. He said there's going to be famines and troubles, shortages of food. Droughts, all these horrible things. Uh, and in another place, he talked to us about pestilences, different diseases. We just seen that with COVID. But we're looking at the economy being affected right now. Look, God knows if 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 we go into a war, even more than what we're already because we're already involved in the Ukraine war. If we get even more physically involved, where we're out fighting. Just ask yourself, what do these things do to our economy? You know, I watched the video as I as I wrap this thing up. I watched a video of the people in Ukraine. And they're still trying to go out, live their normal life, going out, going to work, going to the grocery store, buying food, and planes are flying over their head. bombs are being dropped, all these devastating things happening. All these devastating things. See, this these are the times they were living in. Let's let's wrap it up there. Back in the book of Luke, chapter two, and that verse seven. These are the things, some of the things that Jesus told us about. And so we're going to finish it where we started. Luke chapter 2 and verse 7.
0: And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
1: Will you make room for him tonight in your life? They didn't make room for him. Even It started even when he was a baby. They were already segregated against him. Even when he was a baby, he was already rejected. Someone still is rejecting the word of God today. The words of Jesus, people are still rejecting to this very hour. Will you make room for him? After you hear about all the signs that he foretold years and years ago, that's not it. There's so much more he told us. But will you look at these things he told us would happen? Be honest with yourself. It's happening. And he said it's going to get worse. This is only the beginning of sorrows. So it's time more than ever to make sure that we're right with God, that we're making room for Jesus in our lives. So God bless you guys. And I pray that you guys will continue on with us to learn who Jesus is. But you've got to make up your mind tonight. Will you make room for him in your life? Will you make room? Will you accept what he says? Will you believe what he says? Will you trust what he says? You
0: got a decision tonight, so make room for him in your life. God bless you guys at this time. Amen. Uh, we have a few comments. Uh, Jeremy says, "Amen." Chelsea says, "Praise the Lord." And Casey says, "Powerful study tonight, brother." So thank you guys for tuning in. Praise the Lord to to you all, and um, it's definitely um, some powerful words. Um, and I actually looked up the death toll from COVID because um, I didn't know either. And I'm seeing some different numbers, but the number I'm um, seeing a lot is over 6 million. Um, so 6 million oh, yeah. people um, have, um, you know, COVID has ended their lives. And a, a lot of people were young, you know, we like to say, Oh, if you have a, a strong immune system and you don't have a history or you didn't have a history Of medical issues, then you'd be fine. And I thank the Lord that it didn't affect, you know, my wife or or me or any of my family um, to the point of death. But I mean, even people with no history of medical issues, even people that have strong immune system have died from this disease. And um, if this isn't going to wake you up, then I'm not sure what will, because um, Paul said it's high time that we awake out of our sleeps. Um, Because Jesus could be back at any time, and we're still not taking it seriously. You know, us as a a human race, we are not taking it seriously. In another place, he says, be ye also ready. We know not the time or the hour the Son of Man coming back. it will be just like in the days of Noah, where everyone was, um, it says, getting married, taking in marriage, having fun, partying, dancing, and all those things. Until it was too late, the doors of the ark were shut. And it wasn't going to be open again. And it's going to, the same thing is going to happen today. What he, his disciples asked for a sign. When shall we know when the coming is near? And he told us all these things and all of these things are happening in another place. um, It says that people will be lovers of themselves and have itchy ears and all of those things. And they are coming to pass right now because we only want to hear what we want to hear you know, we may have a question and we go to somebody because we know they're going to answer in the way that we like instead of the way that we need. And um, we see where where Jesus has come from. He's humbled himself, but yet we all are about big statuses and and be the big eyes and look down on the people and say the little yous. But Jesus said, unless you come as a little child, You shall be none of his. And the child is humble. A child will listen. A child is willing to learn. So um, that's all I have to to add. Uh, Roderick also says, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to you too, Roderick. Glad to see you tuning in again. And thank you to all of our commenters, um, David, Jeremy, Chelsea, Casey, and Roderick. And I know Tony mentioned earlier about when the pastor or minister is, is done and then someone asks a question and then they say, turn to this chapter. Don't be afraid to be that question because I know I can speak for myself. Um, I'm not upset because I want to know more, too. And I know Tony is not upset if somebody asks another question. So we always encourage to ask questions um, because someone will have more than likely have that same question. So um, I believe that is uh, all of our comments right now. Um, Again, our inboxes are always open. And as well, my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies counted all joy, counted all joy. And again, counted all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening live with another topic coming straight from the word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign $JOYSTORM12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always.